It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, and oh my goodness, do we have a monster on the podcast today, Mr. Gavin Timms, originally from England. You're going to love his accent. So we are going to be talking to this guy because if you want to know how you can start making a ton of money, like without going into an office, you're going to learn that right now because Gavin is going to teach you how he did that. And he's doing that with nothing but a cell phone and a laptop. He got started with no marketing dollars and he's locking up deals and closing them over the phone and you can too. We're talking... 200k just in wholesale fees last quarter the last three months over two hundred thousand dollars just in wholesale fees and he's doing this all from his laptop and his computer and you can too we're going to learn a lot on this uh episode today a lot a little a lot about mindset because everybody's trying to teach you how you know to go you have to be in the seller's house that's what they're teaching. The other gurus say you've got to be inside the seller's house face-to-face if you want to sell it. But Gavin's going to teach us how he made over $200,000 in acquisition fees last quarter by never stepping foot in somebody's home. With that said, Gavin Timms, it's so good to have you, brother. How are you? I'm good, but how are you? It's a I, pleasure to uh, be on the podcast with you. It's a pleasure to have you, and I'm doing fantastic. I'm especially excited that somebody uh, who's been able to do what you've done can come onto the podcast and share with others how to think outside the box, how to do something that not everyone else is doing. So tell me a little bit about that story you shared with me before we started recording when you yeah. were not even knowing that you were going to be in real estate, but like something led you down the path. Let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. So when I, you know, got into real estate, I wasn't even looking. I came across an opportunity that kind of felt like, you know, is it is it a scam? This doesn't make sense. Are you sure you do this? Um, and we were visiting. Originally, I'm from England, and I was a golf professional. And I came out to the United States, stayed here. I ended up meeting my wife. We got married, and we were visiting back home. Uh, and we were on vacation with my parents in southern England. We happened to be in a coffee shop and I've always been looking for an online business because from England coming to the United States, one of the main problems is the vacation time, right? Is that you take a full-time job and it's five days vacation year one and then you might get like 10 days after three years. It's just not going to work, right? Whole family, everyone's still in England. It's just not, not going to work. So been looking, could not find anything. Um, and I was just doing golf while I was in the United States. So when we went back home, we were in a coffee shop and, uh, basically there's a couple next to it. There's two couples and the tables were quite close together. And there was a guy talking who I knew straight away. He was from Ireland and my wife being American, she was like, oh, he's from South Africa. So, and she's, so we're having this debate. I'm like, no, honestly, he's from Ireland. And she's like, he's not. So I'm like, I'm going to have to interrupt this guy because I know he is and just to prove the point. So I interrupted, and anyway, we got this conversation. He's from Ireland. He lives in Manchester, so he's, he's living in England. So we start talking about what we do, and he said, uh, it'll stick to me to this day. He said, I'm a property investor, but I don't see houses. And I said, that makes no sense. So he starts to explain it, and we have this conversation. He said, you'd be good. You should look at it. 
because I told him, you know, I wanted to get an internet business. So that's kind of how then I started saying, well, you never know. So we kind of left, got his contact information, got back to the United States, started to look up this guy in the UK called Tom Wade. And uh, that was his mentor. So he said, look, this is the guy you should see. And I said, so I spoke with eventually after a few months of thinking about it. Got on the phone with Tom. I had no idea. I didn't even know it was called wholesale at this point, right? So I was proper, no idea. And um, got on the phone with Tom, and, and he was trying to get me to do deals in the UK to start with. And I was like, I don't know, like I'm in the time zone, and I'm here. I think I want to do deals here. And he said, well, I've got this guy, Joe McCall. I can, we can, I'll call him. We might be able to use his material, and I'll teach you. So that's what we did. So I started to go and get going. I was super you know, um, green, didn't, I knew nothing. So started to train just like everybody else watching the videos and, uh, kind of, kind of started happening from there. And one of the things, uh, just to, just to really clarify this is there's a lot of people that they want to do it. So they jump into the coaching and there's other people that are like, I want to do it, but like coaching is expensive. So yeah. I'm going to learn my lessons and spend my money by, you know, making mistakes. Uh, so, so, you know, clarify, you know, what path you chose and why. Yeah, because I mean, I was a golf professional. I used to teach. So I understood the importance of coaching from the get go. Like as a, if you teach someone something, if they don't know what they're doing, it's much easier than bad habits. Right. So I kind of stuck that with me. So when I went in, I spent seven and a half thousand dollars to get going. And my mentality was, if I can do something, if I can make the money back in six months, it's a win. Um, if it doesn't work out, at least I've given everything I've tried and I'll just pay it off and I'll have to get a job or, or I'll figure it out. So that was kind of my attitude going in. Um, so, so that's what I did. So I got signed up and I got the material and then it was odd. You know, I mean, you, you'd learn all these new things that you have no, no, no idea you know, about, and um, I sent out a one direct mail campaign and I was living, and here's the other crazy thing, I was living in Phoenix, all right, and uh, at the time, I'd left San Francisco, I was living in Phoenix, and I picked Jacksonville, Florida, so I started mailing on a virtual level, and uh, didn't get a deal straight away, and then thought, this is why you can either, I guess, and I'm just going to be honest, like you can sit and cry about it, right? and say, I can't get leads and I can't do a deal or you got to figure it out. So then I, I send some mail out. I get calls coming in. I got about 42 calls from, from the direct mail pacer that I did. Um, nothing. Wait, made... Hold up, hold up, hold up. 42 calls is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. I've sent out direct mail. So I need to know how many pieces you sent. Yeah. Uh, not many. I did and, hmm. uh, $750. So that probably was probably about, 1500 yeah um so and that was back then when the, the response rates were better you know uh, than now so i don't do any direct mail now um so that didn't work so then i thought okay well networking people talk about this networking so let's go to an event so in phoenix there was probably three a day you could go and i went to the first networking event right and it was in the evening i'd never been to one so if i don't stand out you know, like a sore thumb with my accent, I go like dressed up, right? So you see these meetings, people, I mean, Phoenix, boiling hot, people are in just shorts and t-shirts. Here's me like, you know, um, trousers, shirt, and, and just smart, you know, way smarter shoes than anybody else in the room. 
So I was like, oh, this is awkward. So kind of, it was one of the best meetups that I've ever seen. And, and maybe, you know, you know people that do it. Um, and I've, I've not seen many more that do it, but there's probably 40 people in the room. And the, and the guy, Mike, who was hosting the event, made everyone stand up individually and say why they're here and what are they hoping to get from it. And it was incredible knowing now what I know because you have, I'm a wholesaler, I'm a, a contractor, I'm this. So you knew who to lock eyes with in the room. So you didn't, from a networking, you know, from the start to, to the end, you knew who you were going to go to, right? Or like, or they're wholesalers, or I need to talk to them, or they're cash buyers, you know? So it was genius. So it come to me, and here's me, been in the business a little bit, and I stood up and saying, look, I'm from England. I was honest, I'm from England. Um, I need leads. Uh, I feel I can close deals. I just need leads to partner with. And I sat back down. As I looked over, there's a lady that locked eyes and said, we need to talk. So I spoke to her after and said, can you meet me tomorrow at the coffee shop? I said, yeah, no problem. So she comes with a spreadsheet, Google spreadsheet, with 60 dead leads. So not old leads, not follow-up, dead leads. These are 60 dead leads. If you want to work them and see if you can get anything from it, then go ahead. I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I got the spreadsheet, and there were, I could see on the spreadsheet they were three months old, and there was a few comments, and I just started to call them one by one. And within two weeks, okay, we had the first two contracts under contract, okay? Um, and that's how I got started. So when I got them on the, on the contract and I positioned myself from, from control to say, right, what am, what's my fear in the business? My fear is the contract. My fear is that I'm going to get a house under contract and I've got to buy it. And what am I going to do? Cause I can't, I can't buy it. Right. That was my mental block. I can talk, I can get signatures, but what am I going to do with the deal? And I hadn't even learned that bit yet. So I said to him, look, I'll get the contract but you need to go to the house and you need to move it. That's going to be the deal. And we'll split 50, 50. And that's what we did. So we did the first two deals and she was like, that's awesome. Like she just got paid and they were small. They were like, um, my cut with the whole thing was probably 3000 and about 3,500, the whole thing. And I got half of it, but it was a massive win. Uh, and we got them a couple of deals done and I'd been through the leads. I spoke to probably about 40 of the 60 people. So then said, well, what about if you started to do some more marketing? I'll take the calls and we'll partner. And she was like, done. How much do you want? And I'm like, uh, $2,000. And she's like, yeah, let's go. So then she started to mail, started to take the calls. And then I started to do it with three other people, right? So I was working with three other wholesalers. And this was now in Phoenix. I went local. And um, I was working with them. And I was just honest, you know, I said, look, I'm working with all three of you, you know, I'll work the phone and I'm going to go obviously where the money is. And then when I started to build the pot, I then started to put my own systems in place to then take a backseat out of the business. And now I solely work on the business and not in it. Okay. A lot of good info. Let me see if I can uh, understand the timeline a little bit better. There was a time where it was about, I think you said around $7,800 to get uh, your education. And your thought process was, if I could pay this off in six months, it'll be a good thing. And then you started by sending out direct mail and then you went to networking Mm -hmm. and then you made half of $3,500. Yeah. When did you end up paying off your 7800 for your education? Did that take a short time or a long time? 
Yeah, um, good question. So when I got it going, when I actually did the first two, um, I would say then probably within uh, that, them two deals, within four deals that it was paid, I had profit. Um, I made, my goal was to make $40,000. I got offered a job full time for $40,000 and a $5,000 bonus, $45,000. So I thought if I could make $45,000 in, um, in the first year, right? So not only will I get my investment, if I can just make that, then best move, like it's a win. Again, yeah. making small wins, right? I'm not coming out saying I'm going to make a million this year. Right, Let, let's, let's get it going. Let's make it manageable. Let's turn everything into a positive thing and build on it. Um, so we did that. I probably did, um, I probably made my 40,000 uh, from that point in about four and a half months. Oh, wow. That is, that is boss. I like yeah. that. So and and that, that's just my then, my cut, right? So then you've got to be thinking, obviously yeah. I'm partnering. And everyone's idea, it's funny now being in the business, the way that I'm set up, where I don't talk to sellers now. I don't make offers. I've got an awesome team that I work with. Fantastic. Um, and, and we partner in the same way. But we can get way more deals done, right? I say this to everyone. Do you want 50% of something or nothing, right? Do you want to do four deals at 50% or do you want to go and do one on your own? Um, because as a wholesaler, from my experience, what I see you can only make you can you can only make so much money on your own before you cap out and you don't have a life. You have a job. You can't travel because if you do, it hurts too much because you have a week off and you don't make any money, right? So without them systems in place, um, you know you don't have a business. I love it. All right, so let's transition a little bit um, from where you found a, a way to kind of. Well, to, not kind of, to, you found a way to partner with other people that had mm -hmm. some parts and then you were able to do your parts. Yeah. And what I want to say to the listener, it doesn't matter if you're doing wholesaling or if you're like me and you're doing multifamily, you usually need to have a similar partnership. You need to usually right. have somebody who can be really good at the systems, keeping them in place. Um, making sure that everybody's following up. And then you need somebody else who is good at contract negotiation, sales, um, getting in front of people, talking like Gavin. And you've been able to create a lot of partnerships like this. And right now you're with uh, Joe McCall having a partnership like this. Can you just tell me about a little bit more about the wisdom of, of making sure that you have both parts to be able to make something successful? Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great point. I'm going to come on to the, the fit of Joe here in a, in a second, but I, won't, I want to add one thing because I think people will get a lot from this is that when you, um, and we've done this at events before, let's say that you're in a room and, and you're doing uh, an event, right? And you've got people to stand up and say, right, who's got money to invest and who's got time, right? Who's got the money? Who's got the time? Let's get together. Let's make it happen. Because in fact, that's what it is, right? You're exactly right. You can't put, oh, us two have got all the time in the world and we've got no money and we can't do anything or we've got all the money. We can't get anyone that's any good to do anything. So mirroring them two things together. And that's kind of then what came on leading into them when I started to work with Joe. We actually met um, in Spain, we're in Marbella, 
an event. And, uh, and that's how we met. Um, it was Tom's and, and Joe's event. Um, I was attending. I was in Spain. And uh, that's where me and Joe met. And, uh, you know, we had, we had lunch. We were sitting beside each other. And Tom had uh, multiple coaches under him. And, and I felt like what needs to change in, in Joe's program? How could I strengthen it? Right? Could I strengthen it? And this is, everyone thinks like Joe's obviously very successful. He's also got a podcast. Um, and no one, Joe didn't come knocking on my door saying, hey, let's work together. You know, like you have to go and create the opportunity. So that's, that's what I did when we met. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about a few things. I mentioned a few ideas and, that he liked. So we, we started to test it out. And, uh, you know, the, the agreement was, look, let's see if it's going to be valuable to the program. If it's not, we haven't lost anything. And then if it is, then let's go from there. And that's kind of how we started. And now I think we're probably three and a half years in, something like that. And uh, it's going great. Um, are there any of those things that you had, you know, you were the visionary at this time. Is there any of those things that you were thinking might be able to change the business that you could speak of and talk about how it changed the business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I came through, I didn't, like I said, I didn't work directly with Joe. I, I had the material, um, but I'm very big on communication. If, if you're, if you're going to have a business, you've got to be a great communicator, right? So even though I'm sitting here saying, oh, well, I don't make the seller calls anymore and I don't talk to the buyers, but I'm still communicating every single day, multiple times a day with the team. And that's on the coaching side. Me and Joe talk every morning, 15 minutes. Okay. Melissa on the ground in Birmingham rock star kills it we talk every day multiple times a day i talk with the vas every day me personally have access to me because i know that if they have access and i can work with them then then we're going to drive drive the business forward so with joe um it was a fact of i knew that he was good uh we spoke once he probably won't remember this but joe's more of a guy it's just like you've got everything you need just do it you know, just get on with it. Like, there's nothing else. Just, just take action and do it. But some people need more than that, right? It's, it's getting them, um, <coughs> excuse me, to think behind that of, well, what's stopping me from doing this? And normally it's the mental block. It's the fear. It's the things you've got to get around. And if you can get someone to be more comfortable with it, if you look and look and analyze worst case, like people think the phone's a cactus, right? They don't want to pick it up, they're scared. If we think about it, like, oh, and I don't want to ruin my marketing that's coming in. No problem. Let's call Craigslist on the other side of the States and let's randomly call someone. And guess what? You have a little red button that you can put down at any time, right? So you can hang up. Let's just practice. And then we have it, oh, well, the time difference. I get off late, okay. Let's call California three hours behind us from the East Coast. Let's practice. Because by doing that, you, you can teach what to say in the delivery, but you've got to get comfortable. And the way that I say it is that if you start with call one, call five is going to be better. Ten is going to be better. It's going to get easier and it's going to get better from the doing. Right? And sometimes and we do a lot of role plays as well, which helps. Because if you can role play, it's much more difficult than when you're in the four walls at home making a seller call when no one can hear you or no one's analyzing, 
I completely agree. I think it's really interesting that um, from from my experience, I've been running a meetup group for a long time. And sometimes I can sit down with somebody, you can kind of give them the, I can give them what I think is the step-by-step and and they'll go off and they'll make $500,000 just in a few months. And then other times I feel like I can give step-by-step, but then that person, those people, sometimes just never do anything. And so what you just said is something that can be really beneficial to a person that ha- doesn't, isn't ready or hasn't taken that step, even though they have the knowledge. It's yeah. knowing that the fifth call is going to be better than the first call and the 10th call is going to be better than the fifth call. And you don't have to call um, you know, your exact market. You can practice on Florida, you can practice on California just to get the scripts going. And then the other thing that you mentioned is literally having a one-on-one, what was the term for it? Role play. play. You actually sit there one-on-one and uh, bounce the ideas, practice it between two people before you get off. Because what I think a lot of people need to know before they make those calls is they need to know what it feels like to come out of their mouth because when they can see themselves doing it, then they can actually do it. And so otherwise they get choked up and they're unable to, to, uh, you know, use the script, which I think pulls me into the question that I really wanted to pull from you today Uh because I know you have a ton of information on this, but it's the, it's the question of all these other uh, gurus are actually saying you have you can't close on the phone you have to go in to the house it, you, you're going to get a way better uh, you know sales rate if you find your way to like drive to their house yeah and I, i've personally driven to a lot of houses when i was doing wholesaling and fix and flipping and not every call happens not every um call uh house call turns into yeah. a sale and mm-hmm. it can get frustrating as a new wholesaler when you're practicing these things. And so the one thing that I think we can really get from you is how do you get your mindset around being okay with going against what you've heard from everyone else and actually selling on the phone? Um, Well, that's a good, that's, that's a great question. And I will, I will add something. We're going to, we'll go into that, that if you're at least going to go on the appointment, Right. So let's say face-to-face sales are always going to beat on the phone. Okay. As, as in your ratio. But my theory is how many more calls can I make than you while you're traveling there? You spend an hour there, you travel back. So on the quantity of me doing more calls, I feel I can get more contracts. Okay. Than uh, if I'm going face-to-face or if someone is going face-to-face. Okay. And, and a lot of it's the positioning. As soon as you get, when you go out of state, right, you can't physically go to the property. So that's one thing that, that helps, right? Like I can't get there anyway. So I've got to do it on the phone because if it's down the street, I used to do deals in Phoenix. It would be 10 minutes away. And I was dedicated that I am not going right. Someone else is going to go, I'm going to figure it out. Now, when you get on to getting the contract, about the position, people say, well, how do you know the repairs? Well, you can listen to the seller, right? The seller's going to give you what's wrong with the house, 
kind of. <laughs> you probably know that um, th th there's more, right? Are they going to tell you the whole truth? But here's the thing. I'm not bothered about that. If my formula works to move the deal based on the repairs that they have given me, I will lock the property up all day long. So guess what's going to happen? When I send the buyer in, or if you've got acquisitions or you've got someone taking pictures that actually goes and looks at the property and now, oh, the, it would need a paint and carpet, but actually there's a hole in the roof and there's this and this, we renegotiate. It's the easiest renegotiation when you can go back and kind of put it back on the seller that, hey, Miss I know you said that it was just a paint and carpet, but actually there's a hole in the roof and there's this. There's actually more repairs needed. There's no way we're going to be able to get that price. You know, this isn't going to work. And then we re renegotiate the contract to actually make it sense. And that's a, that's a different way of doing it. Then I'm not saying go and lock it up high and renegotiate. I'm not saying that. We always negotiate the deal that works based on the facts of what the seller's giving us. Yeah, based on the information that you have, you Correct. negotiate it based on that. And if you find information that the seller didn't share, is the only time you're, re we Absolutely. call it retrade in, in commercial. It's called renegotiate in uh, single family. That's the only time you do that, right? Yeah. It's, it's not like you're just uh, locking it up and then, and then just like trying to get it down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the wrong way, I think, to do it. But, but exactly. when you, I, I, like, I like how you're saying to do it. It's, yeah. it's the right way. And I just wanted to clarify that so people didn't get that wrong. Yeah. There is people that do it and it frustrates, it frustrates me. When you're in Phoenix, one of the, I mean, there's wholesalers everywhere and people are like 30,000 more than you. And it, I mean, you know, in a, no way is it going to move. I mean, it's not even mm -hmm. like close. So yeah. Love it. Gavin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I need to bring you back on. I know we can just get so many different golden nuggets out of you. I really, really appreciate your time. I uh, really appreciate you just coming on and, and just opening up, you know, the, 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 the curtains and showing us exactly what's going on, how to be successful in this business. Coming from somebody who, you know, just made 200 grand just in the first few months, literally only in wholesale fees. And you'd be able to show us like what is it that is making you successful has really benefited me and the podcast listeners. So I really appreciate your time. No, thank you for having me on. You do a great job and uh, we appreciate you. Uh, you're too nice. We could, we could do this all day. <laughs> all right, my friend, I will let you go. But until right. next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box. <laughs>